Dregs, uh, Dregs how's it going this morning? Yeah, it's going well. Uh, I mean, obviously, time will tell. I know that's a non-answer, but, uh, you know, Toronto seemingly tired last game, didn't look very good. Um, you know, see how they fare going into uh, a Buffalo team tonight that is playing for something, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a Sabres team that has proven that they're worthy of our notice. And, uh, you know, they've... They've flipped. Their, they've had their share of adversity here in the second half injury and otherwise, but they're still going to be formidable. So let's see what another game with uh, Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari will do to maybe spark the group along. Yeah, take us through Friday night, Dregs. What were you up to? Were you aware, sniffing that something was going on between the Leafs and the St. No. Louis Blues? It kind of came out of nowhere on Friday night. Yeah, more or less. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it did. Um, and, you know, that was made pretty evident in how it was ultimately released by the clubs. Um, you know, I, I think that we all knew that Toronto would and had expressed some interest, especially in Ryan O'Reilly. And then if you look at Achari, and, you know, even in a couple of games, you can see why there'd be interest in him, you know, in, in terms of how he plays the game and everything that he'll bring into Toronto's bottom six. But I don't think anybody had a read on how close it was. And, you know, I, I think it heated up over the course of the day, again, somewhat under the radar. And maybe perhaps could have even been bigger than what it ended up being. But for Kyle Dubas to pull this off, uh, even though not that long ago he indicated that he wasn't real interested in moving his first round pick, um, was going to be as aggressive as he could be, but wanted to kind of tamp down expectation for him to pull this off sent a message, I think, to Leafs Nation, but maybe to the rest of the NHL, that the Maple Leafs are all in. Yeah. They're, they're all in. That doesn't mean that they're you know, going to continue to add bigger pieces like Ryan O'Reilly, but I'd be surprised if Dubas doesn't do something to continue to build. How advantageous is it to be able to make this deal pretty early? It's something that we've seen Dubas do from time to time, and, and quite often he, he gets ahead of the market. Like, how advantageous is it for him and the Maple Leafs to do so? Well, I think it is because, you know, you, you risk when you don't strike as early as this of not getting a player uh, or something that you need. And worst case, you end up with nothing or next to nothing. And, you know, given where Toronto sits, and, the, and as, as Dubas put it, you know, he felt like the team earned uh, the, the this transaction to bring in the experience of Ryan O'Reilly and the depth of Noel Achari. And let's, again, see what happens between now and March 3rd. But if you don't close on a deal, when there's opportunity to close on that deal, you're just leaving that door open for somebody else to come in. And I would assume as an NHL GM, there's nothing worse than having the deadline pass and go, you know what? We should have made that trade 10, 11, 12 days ago mm-hmm. because here we are and, you know, we, we don't have the pieces that we were hoping to add to again bolster what we, we already have. So I'm always in the camp of strike early. And then the other side of that is pretty obvious. I mean, it's, it's going to be the benefit of Ryan O'Reilly and Achari and whomever the Toronto Maple Leafs add, if they add anyone else between now and the deadline to get in a little bit early and get going, right? It's it's not just a plug-and-play environment. Like, you know, you've got to develop a chemistry. Let's see if Ryan O'Reilly stays on that second line and Tavares stays on the wing, or does he move into the 3C spot, all of those things. 
Well, that's some of the experimenting that uh, Sheldon Keith can do between now and the deadline or now and, and the, the end of the season, whenever that is. So there are some pretty obvious advantages that come along to making moves early. So I guess the only natural follow-up is, do you think that they're done, Drags, between now and March 3rd? I don't, um, but I don't think Kyle or anyone associated with the brass there knows specifically what they're looking for. I think that Dubas is continuing on with conversations pretty much across the board. Uh, could they add a defenseman? Well, the way the defense has played the last game, last couple of games, they, they might have to. Yeah. I'm not trying to be flip here, but those guys need to be better, and they know that. So if there's an affordable upgrade that doesn't gut your resources or heavily influence a decision that maybe has to be made with a core piece in the off season, then I could see them doing that. But I could also see them adding a forward, whether another bottom six guy or unexpectedly – if a player drops down from the top six, you know, into the equation, I could see them doing that as well. But the third option is to do very little. And that's plausible, too, because of everything that Dubas has done. But, you know, just to reaffirm the phrase all in, you don't go all in and then have potential areas of concern or question you know, as you go past the trade deadline. So it's got to be affordable. It's got to be something they can manage. But I think Dubas is going to exhaust every conversation to try and build a better roster, even on the one that he has today going up against the Sabres. What about the one in net, Treggs? Like the question mark in net with, with Matt Murray. Like what's what's the latest there? I know he's placed on LTIR, so we won't see him for a couple more weeks now. But it yeah. just it feels like there's just not much coming out of Leafs camp. We don't know exactly what's going on. And it's starting to feel eerily similar to or Freddie Anderson a couple of years ago where it was you know, yeah. this ominous injury, didn't know what was mm-hmm. happening. And they went and they did make an upgrade just in case, bring in David Riddick. I know we heard Kyle Dubas say it's not something that he's looking to do. But, I mean, again, you, don't you want to make sure that you're kind of checking off all your boxes heading into the deadline and kind of wish – thought you're not six weeks later wishing you made a move yeah i mean that's fair you know provided that you know the other areas that you have higher priority on are covered off in the meantime and that's asking a lot right so you add the two big forwards from st louis you're dabbling or maybe swinging bigger with another defensive piece or like we talked about already adding another forward that's doing a lot and now you're going to address uh isn't an area of concern, and that's cool. I think, I, I think they're being overly cautious with Matt Murray, and I think we can all appreciate why they should be, right? Um, they have to allow the ankle injury, whatever else is, is ailing Matt Murray, to 100% heal up, but then in the process allow Curtis Sanford and the staff of the Toronto Maple Leafs to work his game back into form. He wasn't abysmal. Like he, he, he wasn't a tire fire back there before getting hurt. But you could see that there were some concerns. Gives you opportunity to explore some of those. So I think they are being extra cautious to make sure that every box is checked by the goalie coach and the resources that you have under the umbrella of the Toronto Maple Leafs to eliminate all area of concern. Then the rest is up to Matt Murray. So if if you go into March with Samsonov, Matt Murray, and you still feel pretty good of what you got, you know, in Wall and in Shawburn. Well, that's good goaltending depth. It is good goalie depth. 
we don't know, aside from what's been speculated, what's available in terms of the goalies out there, right? We can all look at the unrestricted free agents. We can all look at, at some of the, the, the guys who have been caught in a whirlwind of speculation. But are we certain that any of those names are going to be an upgrade for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Because I'm not. Right. I'm not. But I also can't rule out that possibility. And I, even though Kyle has, has made a point every single time when asked about it, of saying, no, no, they're good with goaltending. Again, part of being a general manager in the NHL is considering all areas of improvement. So if there's a piece that he can add at an affordable price, I guess he'd have to consider it. With our TSN Hockey Insider Darren Dreger right now, and uh, what a night in Chicago on Sunday. Not a banner night for the Leafs by any means, but Patty Kane definitely did his part in... uh, proving to the hockey world that he definitely still has some game, a lot of game, in fact, with a hat trick, and uh, did it with some serious swagger. What did he do for for his trade value in that game? Well, it obviously helped it, right, because everything that's swirled around Patrick Kane now that the Jonathan Jonathan Tate saga um, has has been disclosed, um, all the speculation around Patrick Kane hasn't necessarily been about trade. It's been more about the injury and how the injury and the hip problem that's been lingering and nagging uh, could impede the probability of his trade. So, look, I mean, what's he playing at? If he's playing at 70 75% and pours in goals like that, um, yeah, I think teams would be pretty comfortable with, with you know getting Pat Kane into the mix. You know, what's the asking price? How many teams are actually involved? And and that's probably the biggest question that nobody can answer with any sort of authority yet. You know, is it one team? You know, I saw Larry Brooks write about the New York Rangers potentially yeah. still having the, the appetite and the wherewithal to add Patrick Kane. Well, if that's the case, then I think it's pretty obvious Patrick Kane wants to go to the New York Rangers because he made that abundantly clear after the Tarasenko trade. You know, if it's, if it's not just the New York Rangers, you know, can it be the Toronto Maple Leafs after the Maple Leafs pulled off what they did with the St. Louis Blues? Stretch to me. After that, then it gets a little bit more sketchy, right? You know, there's been some loose speculating around, you know, could the Edmonton Oilers have interest? I mean, any playoff team is going to have interest in Patrick Kane, provided it isn't a crippling asking price, and you, you're confident, based on medical intelligence you're going to have to pour through, that he is going to be able to perform in the playoffs. And any of those sorts of speed bumps that become more like brick walls might stop the process. But I think we're going to get a real clear indication of what Patrick Kane wants at some point this week. A couple other guys that are definitely still uh, up on the trade bait board that we thought may have been dealt by now. And I have to ask this question, Dregs. Gavrikov and Chikrin, anything new there? Mm, not really. You know, a source close to Jake Chikrin told me last night that they wouldn't be surprised if that scenario plays out right at the end, one way or another. Um, so now I think we're all curious to see, okay, well, how does that then translate into when does Jake Chikrin come back into the Arizona Coyotes lineup? And if there's a, an injury that's related to his absence, why did the Coyotes say that he was being held out for trade-related reasons initially, right? Mm. Um, and, and it does question the integrity of a team, even though Arizona's been winning. Columbus has won some games. I think that that's what you know, kind of 
bolsters the position of the National Hockey League not to question Armo Kekalainen or Bill Armstrong, the general managers, about whether or not they're dressing the best lineup possible. That's always the intent of the National Hockey League, right, from a competitive balance perspective. And, you know, there are some teams that don't like the idea that the Blue Jackets aren't dressing Gavrikov and if Chikrin is healthy, that he's not playing for the Coyotes. And those would be teams that are, you know, trying to desperately hang on to a playoff spot, you know, or teams on the outside trying to claw back into the playoff picture. So really no more clarity on those two defense. And now we're looking at, you know, what is Washington up to? You know, the, the Capitals are, are, you know, kind of twisting there in the wind. They've got some significant pieces on that back end with expiring contracts. Could those guys be in play? There's some intriguing names there, starting with Orlov. Um, what about the Nashville Predators? I think you know, David Poyle is, is kind of in a gray area right now. He doesn't know whether he should be selling off some of his pieces, whether or not he should be standing pat and, and hoping that his team kind of ignites and gets back in the playoff mix. I mean, there's still a couple of teams that haven't decided what direction they're going yet. And that's why we got to be careful when you're you're talking about Kyle Dubas and what he might do or any other general manager that's perceived to be a buyer. The buyer doesn't quite know what the selling market is entirely. I'm curious about a team like like Buffalo or you know maybe even in Pittsburgh and Detroit. Like you can even throw Ottawa in there. Teams that are maybe on the outside looking in. Like, do you see any of those guys? becoming legitimate buyers at this deadline? Like, could they be major players here? Uh, well, anything is possible, Mike. And, and you have to say and qualify it that way because, you know, there's still some unlevel of uncertainty. When I look at the Detroit Red Wings, they've got games in hand. They're not that far off away from the playoff line. They can see that Washington and Pittsburgh, as an example, have faltered here a, a little bit. You know, the New York Islanders now have the Matt Barzell issue with a long-term injury, so what's going to happen there? Um, no surprise, Florida is making things interesting in that playoff equation. I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit just sits back and lets that group fight their way into a playoff spot, right? So maybe they use Ty Bertuzzi as an example, uh, as an own rental. That's an old Dave Nonis term. When he was GM of, of the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, you know, he he used to refer to, you know, guys with, you know, uh, expiring contracts as potential own rentals. You know, why not use them if, if you're trying to do something in the playoffs or, in Detroit's case, qualify for the playoffs? You know, Buffalo is, is an interesting study. Um, there's been some speculation around Lawson Krause out of Arizona in connection to the Buffalo Sabres. Mm. I don't buy it for a second. I don't. I think it's, it's, it's just fabrication at this point um and i don't know why arizona would want to trade a piece like that so uh i now the reason i checked into it i was intrigued because that would be an age sensitive ad that would make a lot of sense to what kevin adams and buffalo sabers are trying to do there but they first need to get a real good look in games that matter as to what they have with some of their young developing players in buffalo so they could do something smallish, but I, I really don't think that Buffalo is going to be a big game player. Interesting. Okay. Uh, with our TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Dreger, right now, and kind of an interesting, uh, unfortunate situation playing out in Colorado right now. Kale McCarr has his second concussion in 11 days. He's back in concussion. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. 
Um, what's the level of concern there? And do you think there will be, this will result in any maybe further conversations with, with the spotters and him not getting pulled out of that St. Louis game? Well, there's always that con- uh, conversation, Julian, because, you know, it's, it's how the system is designed. Is it 100% foolproof? Obviously, it's, it's not, but it's better than it was. And, and so because of situations like this, I'm sure that there are internal questions from the commissioner's office down. How can there not be, right? Um, but most concerning is the health of Kale McCarr. Uh, because of that window, those two concussions in such a, a short period of time. Now, we don't know, and, and that's the study of the brain, right? I mean, going back to the Sidney Crosby days, when it was fair to question whether or not Crosby was going to be the same uh, whether or not his career was somewhat in jeopardy because of everything that he had to deal with. And then, knock on wood, he's been a superstar player uh, ever since. So, thankfully, all of that stuff is behind them. So, you know, the, the science of, of how these things are treated, the sensitivity and all of that, bodes well for athletes, and in this case, NHL star players. But there has to be a level of uncertainty. So, Let's hope the best for Kale McCarr and uh, hope that he returns to the form that has him almost in a category by himself when it comes to that type. Yeah, absolutely. We want nothing but the best for uh, for Kale McCarr because the game's in a much better spot when he's yeah. tearing up the league. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, just. No. I don't know how to say. Like, there's a little speed bump, perhaps, and he can get going, and, and he could be okay. Uh, appreciate the time, as always, Dregs. We'll chat again next week. All right, guys. Have a great week. You as well. There he goes. Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider. I'm sure he will be extremely busy oh, over yeah. the next week and a bit.